What is up, everyone? Welcome to episode eight of DPF on Tap. Here from the garage today, uh, we also have Dugan, Butcher, John, Mike, all five uh, of the Voltrons are connected here. <laughs> what we're going to talk about today is we're going to do a recap. Uh, we were on vacation, or at least some of us was, or maybe it was just me, um, over the last past week, so we didn't have a uh, podcast. So we're going to re- do a recap of as far back as we fucking want to, honestly. Um, it right. probably be the, the Orioles, the Royals, the Pirates, uh, the Twins, the Nats, all of that. Uh, we're then going to look ahead uh, to this next week's upcoming game. So we'll kind of maybe talk about the Twins a little bit here uh, since we're playing them today. Uh, we'll go into the Jays, the Nats again, and kind of like see what's ahead of us. Uh, we're going to do a dumbass of the week. So Mike will uh, lead us with that one. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about our favorite in-person moments in sports. We're so all of us are going to kind of go around and talk about, and it's probably Phillies, but it doesn't have to be just like you were in the stadium uh, when something happened. Uh, we'll do the Phil's make me drink segment. Uh, and we're going to pause in between like every two segments and kind of take a look at the uh, viewers and see if there's any comments there. So uh, kicking it off, uh, my my idea on the recap here, last 10 games, the Phillies are 7-3. and three. Uh, I'm not mad. I don't have a lot to bitch about today. Uh, I might not have anything. Uh, I'm, I'm sure that I'll find something, and each of us will. Um, but the thing that, like, stood out to me is Trey Turner, 8-game hitting streak. Nick Castellanos, 12-game hitting streak. Uh, JT is hitting 320 over the past uh, seven games. It's just been different. Uh, I'm, I don't know if everyone knows this, but I'm also a Philadelphia Union fan. So last night they were playing in like a, a cup match and it was delayed a couple hours because the power was out at their home field at Subaru, which is in Chester. No fucking surprise. The power was out in Chester, but the power was out at Citizens Bank for a while here, too. The Phillies have hit, I think, 21 home runs in the last eight games. Fucking finally. Like. I love old school baseball, but shit, this built this team is built to hit fucking home runs. And if they're not doing it, they're not going to be, uh, you know, winning. And we're kind of seeing JT come out of it. Uh, and, you know, we're seeing power from almost everywhere. Uh, even our boy uh, last night, Rojas. Um, yeah. The other thing that stood out to me was that up the middle, our defense is obviously much better um, with Rojas in center. He's a difference maker. Um, JT behind the plate, Stott and Turner up the middle. Uh, up the middle defense is something else. I was looking back to see like what the fielding percentage was, and the Phillies are like 17th, so they're at like 985. The difference between like 17 and number one is the number one team, I think, is Arizona with 990 fielding percentage. It's so small and minuscule, but I think these little – bits of things make a huge difference right so um I, I i'm happy with the power i'm happy with the um with the, the fielding and you know there was this social media push and i guess we were part of it you know the standing ovation for trey um i don't know if it worked but it seems like it did work because shit like he is now coming out of it uh it's a feel-good story uh we're finally seeing the tray we wanted. Um, the standing ovation helped him, right? 
So last night, um, Dugan uh, posted that he, you know, wanted a standing ovation to, you know, help his performance, you know. <laughs> um, so I just wanted to get an update. He posted this last night. You know, Chris, over to you for the recap. But first off, how did the standing O help? What happened? I got to tell you, it was it was a special moment in my bedroom. Uh, you know, I slid in there like like Trey Turner sliding in the home. Um, the only hiccup, the only hiccup was I did get a pitch clock violation because I didn't make eye contact for eight seconds. So, uh, yeah, so, so I did get uh, made it awkward. Uh, a pitch clock, and I, you know, I disengaged a couple times too, apparently. But <laughs> otherwise, otherwise, it was an outstanding night, and the standing go uh, helped me tremendously, like it has Trey Turner. Um, and I, I think that's you know, to me, it, you know, we, we talked last time. I guess the last time we had one of these was when they were about to embark on this 17-game uh, straight days straight of playing, and it didn't start out great. You know, Pittsburgh, lousy freaking series in Pittsburgh. You know, uh, dropping two or three to a team that it, that just can't happen. So it started off on a bad note. But then to go into to Miami and beat the Marlins three out of four, uh, probably should have swept that series. You know, they had that extra inning game with Trey you know, booted kind of the routine ground ball um, or we would have, would have walked out of there with a sweep, a four-game sweep. Uh, but I think that Miami series was kind of where everything started turning around for the, for the Phillies. Uh, you know, Turner, that was like the low point of the season for him. He, he couldn't hit a beach ball off a tee, you know, at that point, and his defense was starting to suffer too. And you could really see the mental toll that, that this season had started to take on him. And, and I, I just attribute to, to Philadelphia fans for just – just having a feel, you know, just having a feel, being so goddamn smart and having a feel and knowing when when it's time to really get on a guy and boo the shit out of him and when it's time to just, hey, let him know, like, hey, you're our guy, we need you, and we got your back. Um, and, and it was tremendous to see the turnaround in Turner. I mean, I was there Saturday night when he hit the home run to put them ahead against the Royals. And, I mean, it, you know, it's a middle-of-the-season game against a last-place team, but – but that's a moment that that really kind of, uh, you know, captured Philadelphia in, in like a second. Like he hits that home run and it was like a playoff game. The atmosphere when he, you know, and give him the standing O and you can totally see the team change and relax. And like you said, Chris, the power is now coming. Harper, hopefully he's OK with the back, but that elbow looks like it's getting better. He's starting to get extension and those line drives in the gap are now starting to find their way over the walls. And uh, Castellanos, he's back to looking like the guy he was before the All-Star break. You know, you go in, you take two or three from the Royals, beat the piss out of the Nationals three out of four. Last night, you know, just jump all over Dallas Keuchel. I, I, I mean, this offense is clicking. And the, the biggest thing is, you know, we continue to fall behind in these games early, and our pitchers are still giving up too many home runs for my liking. But I, I think what this offense has shown, especially in these last 17 games, is just keep us in it. Just keep us yeah. in it. If we're even if we're in a coma for six innings, we're gonna break out. Like, and once one guy gets hit, you just see the momentum. The whole team just starts carrying on. Boom, boom, boom. I mean, last night the first nine runs scored without a home run. That that's tremendous. I love that as as a baseball fan to see a team hit the ball like that, especially in this pitch clock era where I don't think the pitcher has the time to recover with men on base. Yeah in between pitches. He doesn't have that time to catch his breath and really settle in. So when you can be on the attack constantly, 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 you know, home runs are great, but I love trading places on the double and 
base hits with two men on and driving in runs. But it's been fun baseball for the past two weeks, and I hope they can keep it up. Yeah. What do you got, Mike? Yeah, it's uh, had down here. Th- we talked a lot about going into the All-Star break and then coming out and capitalizing on a couple of things. Number one, our stars turning it up. Number two, all these games that we had at home, like 60% of the games or something in the second half, we're, we're going to be at home. And they've started to do that. They're 16 and 11 since the break with a plus 23 run differential. And Chris already said seven out of their last 10. Um, I think today and tomorrow against the Twins are two huge games, right? So the Twins are now three games over 500 only and number one in their division. We are, what, nine and a half games out of first place and we're 13 games over 500. So uh, I think we need to take care of the Twins at least one of the next two games, if not both, uh, so that we start to distance ourselves from the rest of the wildcard teams. We're at plus four and a half games um, up right now in that number one um spot in the wild card so in my mind we control our own path to the playoffs um and and call me crazy because i didn't like it but maybe this six-man rotation is going to be a key to keep getting them deep into the fall um with a little bit more rest for the wheelers and nolas and um and walkers and those guys uh and lorenzen is just you know his first two starts um uh, somebody posted i think maybe it was uh, uh noazic uh, you know, how many times have you thought about that no hitter? Um, I don't know, a thousand times since since that no hitter, he, he was brilliant. So, um, I, I just think it's a it's a really big next couple of days, and then we have to take care of business uh, moving forward. So, Butcher, what you got? Uh, yeah, I uh, I think over the last uh, yeah probably ten days, two weeks, what's really stood out to me is being at home. And the fans uh, finally, finally getting it that you don't just go there and cheer. You don't just go there and get drunk. Like you go there and you pick this team up. And uh, we talked about it a few weeks ago on the podcast and we bring it up every time since Um, being at home and having that playoff atmosphere is so important. And what happened with Trey Turner, like, oh, I got to say, Dugan, it is really good to know that we can prove now that Philadelphians have not gone soft. So good job there. Uh, you know, <laughs> all right. So anyway, so anyway, um, out of boy. Right. My wife's call. still sleeping. Call. My wife's still sleeping, by the way. Just, uh, all right. Nice. Nice. Boy. nice. Um, yeah. So just, I, I think the Philly, I think the fans really stepped up, you know, over the last few weeks and, um, they understand what's at stake, and the team is obviously feeding off of that. Uh, this power surge, the uh, the runners in scoring position, like they're 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 picking each other up, and uh, you you know that that makes me kind of proud. I, I wrote the uh, I wrote the article on the blog, and it's like being a Philly fan, like you don't understand how special it is until you see shit like this. Until they start winning, and everybody's just. You know, when we have losing teams and everybody's like, oh, the fans, they're just assholes. They, you know, they boo Santa Claus, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And it's like, yeah, but what about that time we did this? And what about the time the whole city rallied behind a fucking Little League World Series team because they had Monet Davis and everybody in the city remembers that name. Right. Um, so, so like being a, a sports fan in Philadelphia is special. And being a fan of the Phillies is especially special because then we get to do shit like this. 
we, we get to get together and talk about the, the team that we love. Four out of the five get to drink some beers and talk shit, and one gets to just talk shit without beers. Um, so, but going into the series, like I, with the Twins, last night was awesome. But I, I agree with Mike. We need to win one or two uh, of these remaining two games. And I'll tell you what I need is I need to see Ranger Suarez go out there and throw a gem. The dude is like, uh, I just saw it. He's like 0-7. We're 0-3 in his last seven starts. Like, we need to get him going. And I also want to see Taiwan Walker continue to do what he's doing because the dude is having an excellent under-the-radar season. And I think right now, if going into the playoffs, I, I would prefer him over Nola. Now that's not going to happen, but I would almost prefer to put Taiwan out there rather than have Nola because Nola, like we all know it, we're all conditioned right now to expect the implosion. No matter how good he's going, we know he's going to fucking hang a ball, or or he's like something's going to happen where he's going to lose it. Fourth, fifth, sixth inning if he's lucky. And then, and then he's taxing our bullpen. So right now I trust Taiwan a lot more. John, what do you think? Yeah, um, I trust uh, Taiwan a lot more uh, to piggyback off that. And uh, I think Taiwan, Rangers, Rangers bat on here and there. But uh, like Wheeler, Wheeler, Taiwan, and like Ranger, and definitely uh, runs have shown me a lot in the last, obviously you get pitch a no-hitter, but uh, – his last two starts, I like that deal by um, I like that deal by Dombrowski to get us another arm. And like Mike said, at first uh, I wasn't really a fan of the six man, but if it helps these guys, now someone pointed out on the radio yesterday, maybe it's not helping Noah. But then Noah was trash before that, right? Am I right? Like, am I like smoking some crazy hashish from somewhere? Like Noah's been no, no, yeah, so. I think Nola's pretty much the fifth best pitcher, maybe even the sixth best pitcher on this on this roster. He's the one I really worry about. Sanchez is like, I uh, I'm pretty confident in the rotation going forward, to be honest. And if the playoffs were to start tomorrow, I would not have Nola in a three game series at all. I'd have Wheeler, Lorenzen, and Walker. It's like your best arms right now, and. Like uh, Dougal was saying, like uh, one of you guys was just saying, uh, you got to feed off the energy of the crowd. Uh, I wasn't a fan of the ovation. A lot of fans are taking credit, blah, blah, blah. But, hey, whatever works, works because the dude's on fire right now. And that's all we've been wanting all year. We've been, you know, we've been going hard on him, hard on him, hard on him. He's finally turning around. I hope he, you know, goes on a tear. And like, the, like JT's starting to pick it up now. Harper, I hope his back's okay. He's starting to pick it up. Like, that's why I'm glad they said what they said at the deadline. Like, we have five guys who are really paying a lot of money, and they need to step the hell up. We're not going to go out and do some flashy move. We made a small move. We got another starter that helps us. It gives us depth. I don't understand the Castro move because you might as well kept Harrison. I mean, I don't know anybody else's opinion on that, but you could have got somebody else. But, uh I don't think it's going to hurt us, really. He's just a bench guy. But they have to um, they have to feed off this momentum. And some of these wins aren't pretty. They're grinding them out, but a win's a win. And, like, I think 
the only one that can hurt us right now is us pretty much. Like, look at our schedule for the rest of the year and look at everybody else's schedule. Like, if we get in our own way, that's the only one that's going to stop us is us pretty much. Yeah. What do you got, Chris? Um, So I am going to do a shameless plug. So I did not know that everyone who's going to be wearing one of our shirts today, but we are. Everyone is. So all of our gear T-shirts are available on phillysportshirts.com, P-H-I-L-L-Y sportshirts.com. There are men's, women's, tank tops, long sleeves, hooded. Um, So go over there, grab it. Uh, grab something. So we appreciate your support. We appreciate you listening. Um, but I got to be honest with you, beer ain't free. Um, <laughs> beer is not free as much as I would like it to be. If someone wants to sponsor us and just, you know, send a keg, or, you know, or two a month, I don't know what it's going to take. It could be two. Um, you know, I, I really appreciate that. Uh, along with the t-shirts on Philly sports shirts, uh, we have ordered some magnets and stickers we'll be selling those directly so we'll post them and then you'll just send us a message on instagram facebook uh or twitter and we'll direct uh mail that out venmo paypal uh chris i think you've even done some money orders smoke signals we'll find a way to get it to you yeah Um, yeah, there's been some interesting transactions over the years you know (laughs) but yeah yeah whatever works whatever works yeah to get the, the stickers out there DPF all over the place. I'm, I'm dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if, so. you, if you take a picture of yourself wearing one of those shirts, flipping off a Blue Jay or a Cardinal or a robot, <laughs> by all Send means, we will post it. We will post Send it. Send your pictures. <laughs> uh, and the other thing I'll say before we kind of segue into the next segment is, I know that I wear these shirts literally daily probably like it's 90 percent of my wardrobe they're well made this isn't shit we're not like we're not connected with a company that's making poor quality it's good stuff they've held up uh dugan i think you're in the same boat other guys like they're just well made like we made sure that we weren't going to get uh crap philly sports shirts does excellent quality that was like the number one thing we don't want any nonsense we're they're everyone's happy with the quality so once you get them the hooded sweatshirts are like honestly one of the softest insides and warmest uh, th- that you'll have. And you're going to want them for playoff time, right? You don't want to be that person that doesn't have a DPF shirt during playoff time. Um, <laughs> so going into like looking forwards, I wanted to take a moment before then and just kind of talk a little bit about like the specialness of baseball to me. It's I'm romantic about it. Uh, there's something special and the other game with the no hitter, like all of those things happening in one game, 200th home run, Weston Wilson, his parents are there. Um, you know, Lorenzen's mom and wife are there. How special is that to see one thing? One of those things is special. And we get all three of them in one game. Uh, I, I just, I, I can't stop thinking about it. Uh, there's a quote and I'm not sure who, who I think it was Roger Hornsby. And it's, it was basically, uh, I love my family, baseball, and God, but during the season, that isn't exactly the order um, that it's in. I, I kind of feel the same way. My wife is probably like, yeah, we get it. I'm on vacation, and I'm like glued to the goddamn TV or, or to my phone. Thank God that we were on like the same time zone, and I'm like, shit, 
uh, do you want to go to dinner? I'm like, ah, let's go to dinner late. It's a six, six o'clock game. Like, I don't want to be watching at dinner. I mean, I will. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will. Uh, it, it, it doesn't like get me a checkbox and like the, the good uh, with the life. But, you know, I, I got to do what I got to do. Um, looking forwards, like the twins, you got to put your, uh, you know, you got to just put them down here. Like you can't have one of those times where, we score multiple uh, double digits and runs. And then what's what kind of usually happens? There's some type of letdown. An interesting fact that I found out when researching the show today is the Phillies have not had a double digit win, a laugher since July 1st. That's a long time not to have a laugher. Um, so I, I'd like to see another one of those. And it, it should be against the Nats because they are fucking terrible. Um <laughs> they're just terrible. Like if you don't sweep them, it, it, it's a bad series. Like I know you can win the series and, you know, win two out of three, but you just got to beat them. Um, and the Jays, like AL East is good. Um, hopefully they bring Alex Manoa back up uh, from AAA. <laughs> he is fucking horrendous. He's like, you know, I was thinking about it. There's like these guys. I'm like, I was texting my cousin, Alex Manoa, uh, Wainwright, uh, the guy last night, Dallas Keuchel, like these dudes used to be awesome. They're fucking terrible now. I don't even know how they have a job. Like Keuchel had one good year, and then after that, it's almost all double-digit double grades. Um, so the Jays, I, I don't know, win two out of three, split with them. Uh, the Nats, you gotta, you gotta rock them. You gotta absolutely just win every game. Um, by double digits uh, or by one. I'm okay with that. Uh, I'm going to flip it over to Butcho. What do you got for uh, upcoming? Uh, well, yeah, so fuck Joe Carter because we got the Blue Jays coming up. Um, I, I think, yeah, I think we, you know, again, going back to Minnesota, um, they're a middling team, you know what I mean? Like they're, they're, they're atop a, a bad division, and so we should be able to take the next two. Um I'm looking for the offense to continue to produce while we're at home. And then the nationals, I, I agree. Like they, they've got to beat the nationals. They've got to beat the teams they can beat. They've got to win the games. They got to win because they didn't do that earlier in the year. And that's when playoff positioning and all that other shit comes in. It, it comes into play now. Um, so those, those bad series losses that we had and those bad one-offs that we had, um, so, so now we have to make up for that. So then we also have to be like the Blue Jays, like the Blue Jays are, are, are a decent team. You know, they're uh, 13 over 500 and they're, you know, they're battling. They're probably going to be in the playoffs. Right. Um, and, and, but I look at their lineup and I'm like, all right, they got Vlad, they got fucking Whit Merrifield who isn't dangerous unless he's on base really. Um, so, you know, two out of three from them. And I think basically what I'm just going to say for the rest of the year is you win series and then you sweep the bad teams. Um, but I also, I also want to see some strong pitching performances. I want to see Ranger come out. Uh, is he today or tomorrow? I want to see him come out and pitch. Well, I, I want to see Nola bounce back. I don't care if he only goes five, if he goes five shutout and then topper pulls him out because of pitch count. I want to see what Lorenzen does the next time he throws because is he going to be exhausted? Like, is he going to be fired up? It'll probably be on the road. So, you know, what's going to happen there? Um, you know, and just keep on fucking winning. Mike. Yeah, it's so to your point, um, the Jays are in that third wild card in the American League right now. So they're going to be battling the same way we are to right. try and keep the, that position. 
So that's a huge two game series there. Um, I, you know, their, their offense can be deadly. They have everybody's son that used to be good in, in the American <laughs> league on the, in that, in that lineup. And, and it's a really weird short series. So we need to stay focused, make sure that the starting pitching uh, uh, does well. And we hit, we keep hitting there. And then the Nats, I, my note was keep taking care of our own business against bad teams, right? Like the Nationals are okay since the break. They're 14 and 12, but they have a minus 14 run differential, right? We should be able to capitalize on, uh, you know, their their struggles in the pitching department with our guys heating up and our stars getting uh, getting revved up here for, for a run into the playoffs. So uh, that that's what my take is. Same thing Butcher said, you know, keep winning series. Sweep the bad teams. Um, don't get swept. That's don't those four or five game losing streaks. We got to stay away from them from now until the end of the year. So, um, what you got, John? Yeah, I'm looking at uh, the next. Uh, well, we got two two left against the Twins, and then when we got a uh, got uh, three, uh, we got two against Toronto, right? Right. Yeah. Um, I'm looking to sweep the Twins. Honestly, I they don't scare me at all. Dallas Keuchel, uh, for any Birds fans out there, I know it's a Phillies podcast, but Dallas sucks. <laughs> um, they, no, nobody scares me. And Buxton's hurt. Like, Korea's like a, a shell of himself. Like, there's really nobody on this Twins team that really scares me at all. We should we should uh, sweep them this weekend. But if not, I, I want at least two. Like you said, Mike, uh, you've got to keep winning series. Don't get swept. Don't do these one out of threes because you win like one game out of three or one game out of four, like the extended series. Someone's going to catch up to you. Um, I, I, like I said, I expect them to sweep this weekend. Now, uh, Toronto, um, they got a nice ball club. I'm not going to lie. They got, uh, it's more of a small ball kind of like, there's nobody slapping them out of the park except pretty much Laddie. Like, I don't see anybody being a problem, but they are a good lineup. Uh, they got some solid pitching. I would take, I mean, I would like both games. I'll take one of them. I'll take a split. But like you said, we got to keep winning series. And the only one that's going to get in our way is ourselves. And also, uh, well, we got the Nats after that. I mean, we, we got an easy schedule. We should be, like, blowing these teams out. We, we definitely should. Or, like, there's nobody – there's no powerhouse teams we're facing in, like, the like the next week or so. And what, what do we play at? The Giants in, like, a week or so? And about – Tantic comes to town. we got to definitely capitalize on that because they're on our ass. So, like, just keep, keep getting, like, two out of three, three out of fours. Don't get swept. Don't get – you know. And stop, stop – uh, giving up these early leads because there's going to be these games where the offense is just only going to score three or four. That's going to have to be enough. Got it. These, these pitchers have to stay in these games. What do you got? Do Yeah. I mean, I, I agree with everything you guys are saying. I mean, uh, like I said, before the, the 17 game adventure started, uh, I wanted 12 wins out of, out of this. Um, and right now they're 10 and five. So win these last two against Minnesota and they, they hit my goal of, of 12 wins. Um, I saw the stat last night before the game about um, Minnesota and the amount of strikeouts that their offense has. They had like 1,200 strikeouts already on the season uh, going into last night. So this is a team that you can capitalize on if you throw strikes. You know, they're going to swing and miss. 
Um, so, you know, our pitchers, Walker, Suarez, the next two days, Ranger can really rack up the strikeouts. Don't walk guys. Don't help them out because they're going to help you out by striking out. Uh, so I think if, if our pitchers can do that, the bats are hot. We can definitely win these next two um, and get us to the 12 and five record in these 17 games. Um, but definitely got to win at least one. Win this series, move on. The Jays, they're, they're a different animal. Like, uh, you know, I really thought coming into this year that the Jays were going to be one of those teams that just mashed and hit home runs left and right. And it really hasn't happened. I mean, I was looking at the stats earlier this morning and the Phillies have now hit more home runs than the Jays. And I know we all shake our head because we don't think the Phillies are hitting that many at all. Um, so the Jays really aren't hitting home runs, but their pitching staff is really good. They're number one in baseball uh, with a 3.70 ERA, I believe. So their pitching staff is pretty good. Um, so the Philly, the hit, Phillies hitters are going to have to work hard to, to, to get some runs off these guys. Um, and you're going up to Toronto. Uh, so I, I'd like to see at least get one out of two up there. I was looking earlier. I think it's Nola and Wheeler. Wheeler and Nola are two scheduled pitchers for the Phillies. Um, I am concerned about Nola. I mean, his last three starts, four and two-thirds, five runs against the Pirates, five runs against Kansas City in five innings. And then even – even his last start against Washington, he was at 100 pitches in the fifth inning. You know, like, he seems to be battling himself. He doesn't like the rosin bag. He doesn't like the ball. He doesn't like it, – it just seems like there's always something that's causing him issues. He just doesn't have that – he just doesn't have it. He just doesn't have it, and it's frustrating. But the Phillies are going to need him because we all know that as much as we don't think he's in the top three come playoff time, Topper's going to put him in there. And he's going to he's going to get a start in the playoffs. Uh, so I'd love to see a split in this uh, in this Toronto series. And then the Nats, they are what they are. Um, they got one pitcher that Josiah Gray. I have no idea why the Phillies struggle against him, but they always do. I don't know if we'll see him this time around. Um, we got to him a little bit in this last series enough to, to win the game that he started. Um, but other than that, you know, Corbin, I, I don't know why it took us so long to jump on him this, you know, this past start. Uh, but once they started hitting them, you know, it was it was all downhill for the Nats after that. So I'd love to see, you know, just keep winning series, like Rob said. You know, obviously a sweep would be fantastic, but you just can't lose series to these teams that are, are struggling. Um, you know, that's what I got, Chris. Cool. All right. So thanks, guys. We're going to go to some viewer comments. So I'm going to try to pop them up on the screen here, read them out, uh, shoot them out to each of you as if there's any question. So, uh, Nancy, good morning to you as well. Thanks for joining us. Uh, Alex, this team is starting to look like the team we expected them to be. That's interesting, right? Because on paper, it's now what we're seeing on grass. And it's, you know, it's, it's nice to, to kind of have that. Um, so, Aubrey says this house of Phillies are. We are starting off a little questionable. But once it sparks us, we're fucking rocking it. Appreciate the curse words. Uh, bring more of them in the, in the viewer comments. I, I love saying fuck. Uh, I think everyone else does too, but I, I agree with that. Uh, David, we have a lot of good outfielders. What do they do when they are all healthy? So this is a great question. Uh, Mike, what happens when Pache and Marsh are back? What are you doing? Yeah, so I think I was just talking about this last night. Um Unfortunately, I think Cave has to go back to AAA. Um, I know he's hitting like almost 400 there, but um, I, I think he's the odd man out. Uh, Pache, 
in left when Schwarber uh, is the DH. And then uh, I think we have to play Rojas in center as much as possible. Somebody earlier on this uh, on this podcast said, you know, we're much better up the middle with him uh, in play. So I think he's the uh, I think I think he's the odd man out at this current moment. Anybody yeah. else have a thought on that? Yep. Yeah, I agree. I think I think Rojas has to play every day. I mean, that kid, he is so smooth in center field, and he's hitting enough to 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 stay in the lineup. Um, Marsh obviously moves over to left field, um, and then that outfield defense is really good. And I think Pache, as good as he is, he becomes like a bench guy. Maybe that that you um, you know he platoons a little bit with Marsh against lefties. Um, they may keep Cave around just because he's been playing first base. Um, when Harper, you know, needs a, needs a blow. So they may yeah. keep Cave around. It might be like Castro might be the guy to go because he's kind of – that's what you got Sosa for. Sosa can play, you know, multiple positions. So um, he might be the guy to go there. Or they, they dump somebody out of the bullpen um, when Pache comes back. But their outfield defense, I mean, I never thought Castellanos was a good right fielder, but he has proved me wrong this year. He's played really well out there. Um, and with Rojas and, and Marsh – uh, at center and left, you know, it's a totally different game for the pitchers. You know, when the ball goes in the air, you know it's going to be caught. So uh, yep. it's a good problem. It's a good problem. I, uh, you know, and I think Ro- tagging on with everyone, did you see Rojas's last bat last night, how he fought off that tough pitch and hit it to right fields? My God, like that was. That was- <laughs> <laughs> what a beast. Uh, He's a battler. <laughs> Uh, Mark Howe, Hunt for Red October. Go Phils. Thanks for joining us, Mark. Let's see, and we'll take one more here. Drew, uh, most passionate fan base ever. Say a lot when Harper says he wished he started his career here. Great point. Uh, how about that? Like, this dude who's, you know, played yeah. at the Nats, and it, they were popular then. Like, they were beating us regularly. Uh, and he said he wish he started his career here. We do too. Uh, yes, I, sure. I love I love Lorenzen's comment uh, after the no hitter when he said he's never played on a team where the fan base feels like it's part of the team, and he feels yeah. that now with with Philadelphia. And I mean, we saw that last year with through the playoffs. You know, how that place was rocking. You know, from the first pitch of of the playoffs to the last pitch. So yeah, it's a special place, special crowd. He's not wrong. Like. I feel like I'm a part of it. I feel like if I sit in the wrong seat or say the wrong thing or not, you know, like I really we, feel like I'm part of the goddamn, you we, know, uh, mojo of the team. I think we've, been, we've been through this, Chris. We have our, uh, our superstitions. <laughs> uh, Mike, I yeah. waited for a long time here. What's the dumbass of the week? So uh, I got one for way. you. I got one for you. All right. So <laughs> picture the thriving metropolis of Rapid City, South Dakota. Okay. Just put that in your mind. Don't blink. Don't blink because the intersection does not have a stoplight that we're going <laughs> to set this at. So police are called. Someone has been run over at the only intersection in Rapid City, South Dakota. So when they arrive, there's a 39 year old guy, and you guys are going to be blown away by this, but he smells like booze. So witnesses say that uh, he rolled up to the intersection. Somehow his driver's side door opened. He fell out of the car and the car proceeded to the back tires proceeded to run his legs over. Um, So they did a DUI investigation, ran him through some sobriety tests. And guess what? This guy's impaired. Uh, They arrest him for DUI. (laughs) Here's the kicker and why he was chosen as this week's dumbass of the week. 
It was 11.30 a.m. <laughs> you have to be a was he following a page to be, be drinking before then. I'm just hoping yeah. I, he, when he said he was 39, I'm like, <laughs> young guy, young guys that's, can't handle their alcohol. That's the old dumbass of the week, gentlemen. Oh my goodness. <laughs> love, it. love it. Love it. Love <laughs> it. Uh, we're going to go into the next segment, which is the Phil's Make Me Drink. I said I wasn't going to get pissed off, but something pisses me off, and I can't fucking – I, I got to get it out. Um, I hate the fucking split screen on the goddamn television when we're going with this fucking white-coated chef and Taron Hatcher's out there every fucking game. We get it. We're trying to fucking – I mean, I'm fucking pimping T-shirts on here. Like, I get it. I get that it's an advertisement, but, like, come on, man. Is a dude at fucking Citizens Bank Park really wearing a fucking chef shirt making a fucking Schmitter? <laughs> That's enough. It's enough. It's enough. It's enough. I'm fucking sick of it. All right. Uh, John, what do you got? <laughs> oh, man. Oh, I feel like that one up. I'm tired of the fucking food. Stop showing the fucking food. With, uh, it's always... And I love Croc. I mean... I mean, my, my my namesake, John Crock, like, son of John, you know, like, I love John Crock, but every time, every other inning, it's, oh, we got this at the ballpark. Oh, we got tacos from this place. We got this. Like, just stop with the food. Stop hugging the food. Half the ballpark food sucks anyway. It's catered to hipsters. I'm sorry if there's any hipsters out there, but I just want my dog and my burger and my fries and shit. I don't want, you know, I don't want no tacos or sushi or whatever the hell you're cooking. <laughs> you know, chicken and donuts, whatever. I'm tired of that. Like, oh, and fuck Jeff Sweetman, too. <laughs> the librarian. Here comes the green guy. Like, who was he? Who the fuck put him on? Who was it, John? For the people who uh, don't know, who was, who was that guy? It was the guy, and I get it. People were commenting online. About he paid eight thousand dollars to the charity, like the auction every year or whatever. You pay certain things, you get certain amenities. So he paid eight thousand dollars for a Phillies charity to broadcast. Like a, and I thought it was half an inning. Jesus, we got a whole inning of this. This guy, he was a real great guy. Um, to broadcast the inning of the game, and T Mac was silent, which I thought I was going to be so thankful for T Mac shutting up. I couldn't wait till T Mac came to fuck back in the round four. I was like, holy tits, where's meat tits? I need my meat tits back. Like, I was fucking shouting at the TV. This dude kept going on about Rutgers and all this shit. He's yeah. like, here comes the green guy. Yeah, he's called the Fanatic Ticket. Like, I'm sorry. I'm just. <laughs> he brought in a fucking guy in the like the fucking Dewey Decimal System. He's like going through. Yeah. Christ fucking he had a little binder. He had a binder and he had a fucking everything labeled. He's like, this is what I'm going to talk about at minute seven. <laughs> like, I could not wait for Meat Tits to get back on the camera. I swear to God. I but. think we tried that at the beginning of the podcast when we were doing this. We're like, all right, this will take three minutes. That went out the fucking window. We're just like, in yeah, like, exactly. in like one like, second. It's not, yep. <laughs> it's, it's not going to fucking work. We all went Sweetman. <laughs> <laughs> True. Uh, what you got, Butcher? Uh, well, you know, uh, I'll just I'll stick to the good old faithful. I will say that Aaron Nola makes me fucking drink, and I gave up drinking 17 years ago. Uh, this motherfucker goes out there, like Lorenzen goes out, 
and, and you know, he's got his hair back. Like, he's got the long hair. He's got the look and all that. And he goes out there. He looks like, uh, what's what's the kid's name? Mitch from uh, Dazed and Confused. He's out there throwing. He, he doesn't want to get hit with the fucking fuck you bat. And then, and then he goes out and throws a no-hitter. Every time Nola goes out there, it, it is just nerve-wracking. It is nerve-wracking. And I listen to the games on the radio because I'm out work. I'm delivering. So I'm listening on the radio. So I can't even see what's happening. So, like, when Noah makes a good pitch, I don't get to see it. But when he makes a bad pitch, I hear it. And then I hear L.A., Larry Anderson, for the people you don't know, former MLB pitcher, he does the radios with uh, the radio games with uh, Scott Fransky. So he uh, – at one point he said – Jesus, he is really – Nola's really laboring out there. And it was like the third or fourth inning. It was like Larry, Larry Anderson is so sick of Nola's shit. I think he's sick of a lot of shit, kind of like us. But he's he's sick of Nola's shit. And he's like – and I think he's thrown about 100,000 pitches so far. And I just started cracking up because it's like Nola has conditioned us, like I said earlier, to just expect it, to expect an implosion, to expect a fucking – so yeah. So if I ever start drinking again, it's it's going to be because Aaron Nola blew the fucking game seven in the World Series that we should have won, and I was ready to fucking go climb a pole. And and that's not a euphemism. I was actually going to climb a pole down on Broad Street. And Rob, and you listen to the last uh, Nola game uh, when LA Nola pitched and struck. Uh, one of the guys out and it was like on one of those like fastballs that kind of like went inside and he's yeah. LA was like uh he hasn't thrown three fastballs in a row in, in about four years yeah. like, <laughs> LA just absolutely lays into Nola he's like yeah he's there's just... another belt high there's another belt high never seen so many belt highs right exactly he calls them belt highs and it's Larry Anderson pitched in the fucking day man like he's like if somebody hits a home run, you're fucking chinning them the next time he comes out. And and what was that? The one game a couple of weeks ago, and we were all like, "Come on, Nola, fucking throw up and in, throw up and in." And he and he wouldn't do it. And we were like, "Then bring someone else who who will." And yeah. Topper's like, "Nah, I'm from Canada. We don't do it like that." <laughs> hey, uh, <laughs> I'll pass it on, Mike. What makes you drink, bud? Yeah, it's, I got y'all bringing the negative today, so I'm bringing the positive. I have uh, moved into this new neighborhood, and there was a no hitter, and we scored 13 runs, and so I had IPAs on the patio last night. That's that's all I got, guys. Who's next, Dugan? <laughs> yeah, um, mine's positive too, Mike, and it's it's a guy that I used to kill because he was brutal the last couple of years defensively. It's Alec Bohm. Um, how far has that guy come since that I hate this fucking place game? I mean, I, I put on the page the other night that he might be the team MVP. He's got 70-something RBIs, hitting around 300, playing great defense on both corners. And ever since he moved into the two-hole, which I've been screaming for because I think he's a dead two-hitter, the team, the offense has taken off. Um, he's you know He's got protection in front of him with Schwarber. He's got protection behind him with Harper. And all he does is drive the ball to right and right center all day. Doubles, he's starting to hit the ball out of the ballpark. I think that's the only thing holding Bone back from being a real superstar is developing a little more power and becoming a 25 to 30 home run guy, where right now he's probably more of a 15 to 20 home run guy. But, I mean, the guy can just flat out hit. And his defense is light years from where it was a year or so ago. Um, so he's a kid with, with him and Stott 
You got these young guys, Rojas in center. I mean, I think the future is bright for the Phillies with, with some of the, 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 these young guys that they got and, and how quickly they're developing, um, especially during pressure situations where this team's expected to contend and, and they're, they're huge contributors to this team. So, yeah, thank you, Alex Bohm. I, I, you know, it's been a pleasure watching him play ball this year. That's all I got. Who's next? Is it John? I appreciate you guys reminding me that you can drink for good reasons too. I, I forgot about <laughs> that. It's been so long. So <laughs> I appreciate bringing up that you can do that at all. Right. <laughs> uh, we're going to go to some comments now. So uh, Zig, in my opinion, Casper right now doesn't seem to add anything more than Harrison did. Uh, but Dombrowski has made the right move so far. Don't disagree. I mean, I, I don't know why Castro's here. Uh, yeah. I, you know, when Sosa can play all these positions and you have someone multi-positional like that, um, as well as Bohm being able to go across, I, I'm kind of like, I want Cave to stay because I think there could be a situation where uh, you have Marsh and Cave playing at the same time and, you know, go lefty heavy. Uh, and I think there's, you know, if a lefty's pitching, uh, you have that situation where you're going to go Rojas Pache. Now that they don't bring much to the power, or but the fielding is incredible. Like, why do we care about these two guys bringing right. power? We have Castellanos, JT, Harper, Schwarber. Like, there's Turner. All these dudes that can do that. Like, defense is important. Um, and we've lost games on defense. We've lost it this year. So I, I think that Castro is just, I, you know, he's that cell phone dude too. And that's always going to stick with him with me. He had a goddamn cell phone in his back pocket when he slid into third. And I don't, I don't know if it was in a spring game or an actual game, but what the fuck, man? Yeah, I think, um, I think Castro, Chris, before the, before the trade deadline, um, when I saw that that was happening, um, his splits, like, at, against lefties was really good. He was, like, a 290 hitter batting right-handed. So, I think he's, like, one of those guys that they were just looking for a piece that could play against lefties, and he had he had some success against lefties batting right-handed. And uh, I heard there was okay. even talk of the Phillies making him exclusively a right-handed hitter um, and not batting left. But he just hasn't – since he's been here, he hasn't done anything. So, I kind yeah. of agree with C. He's, he's not much of an upgrade. Um over yeah, Harrison. Over all. Harrison, you know. Yeah. Even like, you know, it, it, they're the same people, but I'm guessing Harrison's a good, you know, dugout dude. He's been around. Um, and I'm not yeah. sure if this Castro dude, what, what he brings. Uh, Drew Weston Wilson, kid can play. Man, he's one of the guys I just wanted to root for, Weston Wilson and Cave. And I'm so glad he got in there. And that moment with the home run was just, you know, completely special. Uh, back to Sig again. What do you think about Taiwan Walker's early game velocity issues? Uh, Dugan, what, what, do you, what is your perception of this? You know, what's funny is, you know, not, not that I'm comparing my daughter to a professional pitcher, but my daughter, when she pitches, um, she doesn't warm up properly. And I've told her this for years, that she doesn't warm up enough, she doesn't get loose, and her worst innings are early in games. And when she's finally loose and settles in, she kind of cruises, you know, from the third inning on. She throws more strikes. She's less, less solid contact. 
And I'm wondering if it's, you know, I, I mean, you see the workout these guys go through every game, but maybe he's not doing something properly to get his arm ready from the first inning on, and he needs to throw 30, 35 pitches to really get his arm loose to, to, to get the velocity. So it could be, it could just be, a, you know, a warm-up issue that he needs to adjust his warm-up routine and throw a little more maybe to get his arm fully prepared to, to start from the first inning on. I agree with that, Chris. I had that in, in uh, my, when I was playing too, but I also think that um, maybe it's a little bit mental at this point and uh, have been looking into a lot of uh, sports psychology lately and maybe he needs something, uh, you know, something there where to get him through that beginning part of the game, some kind of tools or strategies mentally, but also agree with the, uh, the physical warm-up as well. Great point, guys. The, the other thing I was thinking is like the, the tick on Walker before he came here is like he doesn't get past the X inning, the sixth inning. Maybe there's something in him where he's like, I'm not going to give max effort in the first inning so that I can get into the seventh. Um, but three points to, you know, everyone. Uh, Steve, thank you for joining us. He's sorry he's late. He was drunk <laughs> at the Phillies game last night. I feel like this is the only place the excuse is valid. Steve, we get it. Uh, I'm not going to name names, but someone was supposed to come to the garage this morning and, you know, he, he had, you know, he couldn't make it. <laughs> that was I got me. a text message. <laughs> I love seeing that. I was like, oh, I'm going to get it, man. Uh, I, I don't think, uh, Steve, you're, you're with us. Uh, we can write a note. Um, I think Butcher's a doctor, but I'm, you know. <laughs> uh, oh, here we go. Steve, what's up, man? Uh, the Jays are overrated. Don't know how to close. So Steve it was a teammate of Mike and I in college, and uh, he's a Red Sox fan, but we still he's a great dude despite that. Uh, yeah, he also so. saved our ass multiple occasions by running. He's the, one of the fastest humans I've ever seen in my entire life and running into <laughs> a gap on a laser line drive that I gave up and Chris gave up and catching it, so. Oh, well, yeah. Welcome to the program, Steve. <laughs> our uh, our home field, it was like 280 to left with like a 40-foot high fence. But to center, it was like, Mike, what was it, 430? Something like that, yeah. 429, so, like, I think. <laughs> if I was going to give one up, I'd try to give one up towards center. And like if Steve was there, like he's catching it. Like Steve would play like maybe 250, but like he could go back in left or right. God damn, he did save. I mean, my ERA was probably 10, but like it could have been 15. <laughs> right. Easily. But well, exactly. Steve. Yeah, Steve. Uh, Shout out to uh, Shoeless. Yeah. I really want to see us catch Atlanta. Uh, I think that that's something that they should look for and not just say, hey, we're nine and a half out. We're playing them, I think, seven times. Until seven the end. times. It's seven not games. fucking impossible. It's not impossible. We're playing. We're ending the season with, like, the Mets in two series and the Pirates fucking beat, win in ten. Like, reverse that 64 bullshit and, like, let's uh, – Knock Atlanta to the curb and have them be the fucking wild card. What was what was uh 07? What we were seven back with seventeen to go and yeah, and we caught the it's, Mets. I mean, you catch fire, you and and having seven head to head games really helps. So yep, yep, you know, not out of the, not out of the realm. Donna uh, can't stand uh, San Fran. 
neither can I. Donna is uh, a big Twisted Tea lover. Um, so <laughs> thanks for uh, joining and chiming in. Anytime my wife is posting Twisted Tea stuff, Donna's always, uh, you know, gives a thumbs up or a like or a love on that one. Garrett, you're late. Do you have an excuse? Steve had a good one. <laughs> I think you're in the Philippines. So if it's, you know, we're not. This isn't like you know fun and games for us over here. Like, yeah, you don't just roll. In, was you don't just roll in whenever you want. Mike, JT hitting and driving the ball the other way is a great fucking sign. Great. That is JT, right? Like if he's hitting it to right, you know that he's like that's where we need him to be. Um, gotta love a smooth center fielder. <laughs> there he is. Another plug for Steve. Absolutely. Steve, Steve, Ro Steve Rojas right there, right? Steve Rojas. <laughs> uh, Ro uh, and perfect segue. David hopes uh, Rojas is here to stay. So do I. Steve again. The fan mojo is real. Don't disagree. Uh, let me see if there's anyone else we haven't heard from. Uh, well, Donna. I, I had to bring her up because she agrees the chef is, you know, it, ducking annoying. It's and ducking it's, annoying, yeah. He's fucking annoying. It's weird. Like, can the iPhone get its shit together? Because no one's writing ducking. Everyone's ever like, oh, yeah, I was ducking that bitch. Like, fucking autocorrect it to the right thing. Like, if I type, time. yeah, if I type ducking, I want it to autocorrect to fucking. Right. Absolutely. Exactly. Like, Do you mean fucking? I uh, was typing, I think it was like to my wife and I was like, do you want to go? And I was like running at the time and I says, do you want to go run in the park? But it said, do you want to go rub in the park? <laughs> she never like, she wasn't interested and I never, I was like, all right, maybe she's just not into running, but you know, it's a fucking um, No one wants to rub in the park, man. You get in trouble for that. Shit. That's weird. Um, all right. So I'm going to leave, uh, some of the comments for later. So we're going to go into the next segment, which is what is DPF drinking? Uh, I'll go first since I'm kind of like on the spot here. So I am drinking well-crafted uh, blonde Americano. I think there's, uh, I think there's coffee in here, or at least it's a coffee name. I know it's a little early, so I'm going to, you know, have off on that. Uh, and, and the other thing I want to kind of talk about is I, I normally drink banquets uh, in the garage, but there's times where, you know, I have all these like different eclectic beers that I want to try. Uh, one of the bad things that just happened today is the English Premier League started. So like the English soccer, you know, that shit's on at 730 at 10 and 1230 every Saturday and Sunday. It gives me another fucking excuse to drink. <laughs> like, I am literally like at Union Jacks, at Jersey's, uh, any of the local bars. If you're showing uh, the EPL, it's like a good reason. And like I see all of my people, the people I normally see at my meetings are the ones that I see, uh, <laughs> you know, at these uh, EPL games. So it, it's really been uh, great. And then on deck, another shameless plug is. Uh, I'm going to have our Von C beer, uh, which is called the 700 level lager. It's a Vienna lager. They actually won the gold medal this year with this beer, uh, their Vienna lager. Uh, so it's the best lager in America. Um, so this is what's on tap next. Uh, Mike, what, what, are, what are you at? Like, yeah. Uh, so just to piggyback, I've got to meet those guys at uh, Kennett Brewfest and, uh, 
they're the 700 level logger guys, 700 level logger uh, guys are really, really good dudes. So, um, tried publication brew works last night. Um, really a great lineup of beers. We tried them all. Um, and was my wife was able to find uh, one that she really liked. So, uh, they have a pineapple IPA that was amazing at 8%. And uh, my DPF wife, uh, number five, however you want to call it, uh, she had the Harvester, which is an apricot farm ale. And she's not a big beer person. She's you know usually doing these uh, Seagrams and those kind of things. But I um, uh, really enjoyed that one last night. And then uh, I had my uh, daughter come down, my oldest, who's still living in Massachusetts. And she brought... Uh, she was able to mule down some uh, treehouse offerings. So, for those of you not that don't know, Treehouse is a big um, local brewery up in Massachusetts. Uh, they do not distribute. You have to go to their facilities to get the beer, and they've been ranked in the top five breweries in the world in the past like six years. So, a uh, lot of great um, IPAs from them, and also. Uh, a lot of uh, really good stouts and, and porters that they make. So that's kind of what I'm doing here in Pennsburg. Uh, Dugan, what you got? Yeah, well, I, I, I have to finally admit that I'm in Rob's camp and I've given up drinking. Uh, about four months ago, I stopped drinking. So I actually have been drinking non-alcoholic beers for about the last four months. I don't know where my camera is. So I'm drinking Coors Edge this morning um and it really it it, it tastes just like banquet beer um it so it, yeah yeah chris has been my taste tester for a lot of different uh na's that i've tried and i've, I've been lucky i found tried st Pauli girl the heineken guinness uh the coors um and there's a plenty more out there and they all are great tasting so i get the benefit of great tasting beer without turning into an asshole at the end of the <laughs> night so it's been a uh, it's been, it's been a good a good ride for me and for my wife and uh, I'm 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 glad that I I you know made that switch and uh, I could still enjoy a nice tasting beer uh, from time to time. So we're all uh, proud John, of you, Chris. That's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, thanks, guys. All right, John, what do you got? Uh, I heard werewolf season was early down here in Wildwood, so I just I picked up some basic silver bullets. <laughs> Very nice, um, Chris. Chris got me. Chris got me back. I hadn't had a Coors banquet in like twenty years. Having them at the garage now. That's all I drink at home. But I'm down. I'm down. My pop. My pop and stepmom's place. I'm. I'm the only one here this weekend. But um, I got a stack. You know, I can't stop. He'll be like, "What's this shit?" The banquet. You know, like he's he he likes his Coors so. I got to go with old Pops drinks, too. So I stocked it up with a case of, you know, just some regular Coors Light for the weekend. But um, I'll be uh, – hopefully I'll be drinking some – about 2 o'clock I'll be drinking some Cahill Lights. And I got a, nice. a question for Rob and Chris there. Um, when the day mounts to east, what flags does it hold? Uh, when he flings it's, out his banner, purple and gold? Yeah. Rob, Rob, day, Rob, baby. I've heard that several times. Yeah, two o'clock today. I'm going to the day at the base. I'm gonna have some frosty uh, Cahill lights on the on Seaport Pier. Very Sorry, nice. John, <laughs> Rob and I went to the uh, same high school, uh, Roman Catholic high school, the oldest all boys Catholic high school in America. Fuck Romans. Um, Fuck Roman. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and when you would get in trouble. 
and have to go to detention in the morning, you would have to write the school song. So Rob, John, and I like know the fucking yeah. school song <laughs> and like, anything yeah. in our entire goddamn lives. Right. Um, it, it, it's one of those ones where we would just know it and know it and know it. Uh, I, I with this like you know what are you drinking now? It's like hey. Way to, way to think of a fucking segment where two of the guys can't fucking participate. So I'm a fucking <laughs> asshole. Rob, like, yeah. did you want to you want to add to it? I'm like, I don't know. I'm like, Mike does the oh, dumbass well, of the week. Maybe it's like everyone needs their thing and not have fucking Rob talking about what fucking water he likes. <laughs> well, I will say that like you know we are the drunk Phil's fans. So I mean, uh, pretty soon we're just going to be posers. I don't know. I don't know if we all end up quitting. It's going to be bad. But um, no, Chris was mentioning that uh. You know, he enjoys the N.A. beers. And when I stopped drinking, I never I never wanted to drink an N.A. beer. Um, I wanted to do shots of non-alcoholic Jameson and, and then and then do big old fat rails and non-narcotic um, <laughs> powder. Okay. Um, so that's kind of like, you know, I, I never had like the beer. Like I really wasn't interested in an N.A. beer. Um no, nah, it just I uh, you know, I'm drinking coffee think, and water. I think John knows a guy. I think John knows a guy. He can hook you up with it. Yeah, I, I can actually that guy. Probably all <laughs> at some point. Um, but I know a couple uh, Russian guys up Boston Avenue. I ain't fucking with no Russians, man. <laughs> Russians are out of control. They drink straight up vodka, and I'm good with that. <laughs> Motherfuckers. But nah, I just I drink my water, my coffee, uh, diet coke, and sweet tea. Like that, I, I stick to my, you know. I, I, I stay right here because like Chris said, when I, when I drink too much, I break out in handcuffs and I fucking end up with, you know, charges and shit like that. So, yeah. So I, I'll just stick with what I got, but, uh, you know, I like being a drunk Phil's fan. No doubt. Yeah. And you know, the name, when we started it 13 years ago, it honestly, like, obviously, it has a connotation, but it had nothing to do with that. It right. wasn't kind of like the reason. We've never kind of perpetuated that idea. Uh, we Some of us like some beers. Uh, some of us don't. Um, yeah. It's more being, like, drunk on baseball and drunk on the Phillies and just, like, how it – our live – or my live is from March through November centered on baseball. So um, don't uh, – don't feel weird if you don't drink. It's we're okay. Right. You can still be a drunk Bills fan. Uh, we're we're kind of non-denominational in that point. Um, but if you do drink, <laughs> you know, share it. Uh, exactly. So, <laughs> uh, so the next segment we kind of wanted to talk about was special moments that you've experienced in person uh, regarding sports. Uh, so, Dugan, you had a really special one, so I wanted you to start this off. Yeah, I mean, I was uh, – I, I had the privilege of being at the no-hitter on Wednesday night for Lorenzen. Um, and it started out – it was going to be a special night to begin with. Um, my oldest daughter's getting married at the end of September, so it was just me and her at the game. So this is probably our – maybe our last, you know, daddy-daughter date before she uh, – she gets married. So it was, it was going to be a good night already. I was already looking forward to spending that time with her. And then, um, you know, come the second inning of that game or the first inning, you know, Castellanos hits his 199th home run and then Weston Wilson hits his first career home run. And, and then Castellanos hits another home run and you're, and you're sitting there and we're going, wow, we just saw some pretty, 
incredible stuff, you know. First home run for this guy, 200 for this guy. And then about the fifth inning of that game, you start looking, I'm, I'm elbowing her. You know, you can't say no hitter, but I'm like, hey, Lynn, hey, Lynn, there's a lot of zeros <laughs> up on that board, Lynn. And she's watching and she's looking and you start hearing the murmuring, you know, in the crowd in about the fifth inning. The sixth inning, that murmuring's getting a little louder. Um, and and the, the, the Nationals hit some balls hard in that game, some line drives that were right at guys. You know, it wasn't like a, a real smooth no-hitter. You know, they, they put the ball in play hard a couple times. Um, and in that seventh inning, you really start feeling that the crowd was up when you get two strikes on a guy um, when the inning ended. But at the end of that seventh inning, you, you know, I was looking at his pitch count, and he was at like 99 or, you know, he was up in the high 90s after seven innings. And I'm going, oh, God, topper, topper, you know, like, this is where I think that six-man rotation allowed him the, the, the flexibility to, to let him come back out there. And he had a relatively quick eighth. I think he was at like 108 maybe after the eighth inning. Um, and when he came out of that dugout in the in the um, ninth inning, um, that, that place like erupted. You know, like we knew we were on the cusp of seeing something special that night. Um, and, and with two outs, you know, I, I went live on Facebook. A lot of people were able to watch it through my phone um, and, and kind of you could feel the atmosphere at the ballpark. But what what a moment. I mean, just to be down there, have those three things happen. I was with my daughter. Um, really, really special night. Really, really great night. Um, and, 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 you know, that and that's what goes back to what you were saying, Chris, about like moments. It was it was a non it was a Wednesday night in the middle of August and something happened that. You know, my daughter and I will remember for the rest of our lives, you know, and we'll talk about it 20 years from now. Remember when we went to that game? Remember when we, you know, um, and, and that's what baseball gives you. That's that's the beauty of the game. Um, and, and and I want to give a tip of my hat to my brother-in-law. He's the one that gave me the tickets. Uh, he has like a 17 game plan. The poor son of a bitch has no luck. He had tickets to... Terry Mulholland's no hitter and didn't go for some reason. He had tickets to the uh, uh, what was his name? Uh, the guy from the Braves, uh, Millwood. Millwood. He had tickets to Millwood's game. Go to that game. He had, the he had tickets to the Roy Halladay playoff game. Couldn't go to that game. And he and he gave me the tickets the other night. So I, the first first text I got that night was was from Matt, and it was a and the, the emoji with the guy with like the hand over his face, like are you fucking kidding me? Um, <laughs> So I want to put this out there. If Matt McAllister ever offers you tickets to a game, Damn. take them because something is going to happen that night. Oh, no. Yeah. So, but but what a night that was! It was such a great night, and uh, <laughs> you know the fans were awesome, and and you know it it was just. I mean, the offense was great, and the Lorenzen was just was fantastic. Great moment. That's all I got. I'm good. All right, John. What about you? Um, I, I was kind of mixed up of which which way to go. Um, I'm going to go more older. I had a more recent moment from last year, but I'm going to go back to the last weekend at the vet. Um, the vet. I didn't have a ticket to the last game, but I had the ticket to the the two previous games. And sitting there as they're doing the countdown, peeling it off the outfield and all. I mean, let's be honest. The vet was a shit show. For baseball, but I mean, it was that's where I was. I was born in seven. Yeah, I was born. Yeah, you know, that was my baseball field. I didn't get to see Connie Mack and all that, so that was it for me. And I had a lot of special moments there, but um, 
rooting for Tommy that weekend to tie Schmidt to tie and break. He didn't wind up breaking it, but at least he tied Schmidt's uh, single season home run record that weekend. It, it was pretty special. Me and my buddy, drunk as hell, up in the um, 700 level, just like ripping them since like 11 o'clock in the morning. I had a big poster board walking around because, you know, you could walk around the 700 level all the way around back then. Had a poster board that said, Walt Circle Tavern, Phillies Fan Club, members too. <laughs> and it was just me and him. Come back afterwards for, you know, like a ham and cheese. But um, just being up there and the electricity of like, and kind of like the somberness too, of like it being the last weekend, like we'll ever watch a game up there. The, for the Phillies anyway, and just seeing him slap them homers and us, we were getting like the whole crowd, the whole section around us, like one more run. Mm. What we wanted him to break Schmidt's record. We were getting everybody hyped, but uh, that was a special moment for me. Taking you know, taking our last pictures ever at the vet and all, but it's uh, it's always going to be a, a hold a place in my heart. That's all I got. Now you put. Um, well, just like, uh, you know, 150,000 other people, I was also, I was at the Millwood game and I was at the, uh, the playoff game that Halliday threw, um, shit. You can't really like, you, you can't, I mean, you can lie about it, but you can't like express it. Um, but I, I, Millwood's no hitter was, I mean, Halliday's was like special, special Millwood's was fun. Millwoods was in what, uh, 2003. Uh, my mom had just been diagnosed with lung cancer and brain, you know, brain cancer and all that. So we had gotten tickets. She stayed home. She watched it on TV. And um, me and my brother who was in town, he was in the service at the time. He came home. My sister, her husband, kids, we, we were all down there at the vet. We got to, I think we went to the Reading Terminal beforehand and then we went down to the game. And, um, you know, they, he, he no hit the, the Giants with Barry Bonds and pretty much the whole game. I just razzed Barry Bonds, um, you know, and it started with me trying to get his attention and say, like, yo, up here, up here. And he wouldn't look. So for the next nine innings, I just asked him if he thought he was better than me. And uh, <laughs> and uh, and around the sixth inning, me and my brother started looking at each other saying, don't fucking say a thing. And. Next thing you know, fucking Millwood standing out there sounding like fucking Sling Blade talking about, you know, what an honor it was because he just fucking threw a no hitter. It, it, it was just it was just a wild, great day, um, considering the shit that was going on in our lives to to be able to, like, go kick back. I can promise you I was drinking back then. So we had we had tipped a few. Um but to be there with my my brother, my sister, my nieces and nephews, who whichever ones were born at that point, I don't really recall. But um, it, it was just a good time. Mike, what do you got? I got uh, this hat from that weekend you were talking about, uh, John, where the vet was closing up. And uh, I, I just had three quick ones. Uh, the 93 World Series game, uh, six, Dykstra hit a homer. Uh, we ended up losing. That was an amazing day because it was one of the few games that me and my pops went to. Um, Cliff Lee, uh, and Chris, you might be able to um, identify with this. I watched him from very close behind home plate, and I could hear 
the difference in this guy's pitches when they were coming in. And as they were coming in, just for lack of a better word, sizzle until it hit the hit the mitt. And that that sound was I will never forget that sound. That was something really special. But the number one was last year. Um, it was going to take Natalie, our middle daughter, to um, Westchester University and Penn State for her visits for college. And I was on a business trip, a shocker. And um, she called me and she said, hey, can we change the order and go to Westchester first and go to the Phillies game on Sunday and then go to Penn State? And I was like, yeah, I don't see why not. And that was game five of the, of the NLCS where we – beat the Padres with uh, Harper's Homer uh, to put us up in the, in the, in the eighth. And there was an electric crowd, um, very fortunate two rows, the awning uh, or the overhang was two rows in front of us. So it was raining that day. We didn't get wet and we got to see an amazing game and go to the world series. So those are a few of mine, Chris. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. So, um, You've heard that term, you never forget your first, right? So I, my, my dad's not doing well, and he hasn't been for probably about, I don't know, it seems like five years, but it's more like 10. So he has diabetes, uh, recently lost a leg, and 422.79 was the first game I ever went to with him. Um, it was against the Mets, and we fucking lost, Um <laughs> I was young, but like I remember it. Uh, it was a four to two loss. Carlton luckily pitched. We had, or he had, uh, Sunday season tickets uh, for. I, it felt like forever. It wasn't until, like it wasn't when the vet kind of closed. He kind of stopped doing it, and I took it over with uh, a bunch of other people. Then transitioned into a seventeen. There was a lot of game, and it's tough not to like say the Harper because Dugan and I were there at, like that San Diego game. That shit was special, but I don't know, like baseball's so important and who taught you it? Like for me, it was my dad's. Um, so when I thought about that, you know, I was like, oh, it's obviously the Harper, but I know what game I was to with him. I mean, I don't remember every pitch and things like I do with, you know, more recently, but when your dad's bringing you to a game, like that's like a special, mo that's like that field of dreams. Let's have a catch moment. First mm -hmm. time you see like, the damn vet. I mean, it was AstroTurf, but like, shit, it was like the best thing I've ever seen. I'm like, holy, it's the biggest place I've probably ever been to. Yes. And at that point, you like loved baseball already. Like, you know, I would think I was four or five at the time, um, but I remember it. I remember like that moment. Um, yeah. So it, everyone had great ones. Uh, and it, it baseball is just special to us. And we appreciate you kind of like chiming in and listening i'm going to go to a few uh comments and then we're going to uh you know sign off for the day so let's see uh what we got so christy uh nominates dpf chris we don't know which one because there's two dpf <laughs> um and this is actually dugan's wife so i, I mean you would expect it. I mean, I can't, I can't believe she's out of bed off the da after the damage I did to her. Oh, that woman who woke her up. Oh my goodness. <laughs> um, so let's see what else we got here. Um, I, I was like having my beer, which is like sweating in the garage over the mouse pad. So like you know when you have like water on it, it's not working. So I'm over here like fucking banging on the keyboard trying to wipe it off. Uh, the only food you need at the ballpark is hot dogs and beer. Beautifully said. 
we don't need all this fucking sushi and chicken and donuts like John said. It's nonsense. Yeah. Um, so Waz Ken is my cousin. Uh, he is a Philadelphian that now lives in the Pacific Northwest. Uh, still a Phillies fan, still an Eagles fan. He's not a Mariners or Seahawks fan first, but I think he is a Blazers fan over the Sixers. Uh, he's at the train station in Portland. What's more, the number of bums I see or the number of homers for the Phils today? I, I think fucking shitting and pissing around is like legal in Portland. Like <laughs> not only legal, but like they they don't have toilets anymore. They're just like fucking taking dumps. I, I don't know, man. I'd have to say, shit, it's going to be close. I'm going to say it's a push. I'm going to say it's a push. Um, Drew again. Uh, congrats to the butcher for almost two years, uh, almost two years for Drew. So congratulations to that. Congratulations to Dugan as well. You guys are awesome. Uh, what's with Nola hating on the rosin bag? So it's an excuse, right? It's always an excuse. You know, uh, we have, uh, we've been working hard in the studio. John's been like dropping some beats for us. Uh, we've been laying down some tracks. We have a fucking very special song coming very soon for you. Uh, it's good for it's good for weddings. It's good for cocktail hour. It's good for <laughs> you're not going to be able to watch a game and not hear the song in your head. I'm, I'm telling you this now. We're just kind of like working out the details. Uh, we got uh, Timbaland in there, like <laughs> uh, Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis. Uh, it's not an album yet, but we got the single. We got the single. Um, uh, he loves to shake off JT a lot. Well, yeah, Noel is, he, he's just something else with this shaking off and excuses. Uh, how concerned are we with Harper's back issue? Uh, Rob, what do you think, man? Well, I think if it's managed properly, um, it, it shouldn't be much of an issue. Uh, he's always had that fucking violent swing and he's not, you know, in his early twenties anymore. So he's not going to bounce back overnight. Um, but again, I think if he's managed properly, like he should be good for the stretch and, uh, judging by what we've got, like we've got Turner busting out and we've got Nikki being consistent and Bones being consistent. Like, they should be able to. They should be able to weather the storm. Um, and as long as he's in the clubhouse, as long as he's in the dugout, um, his presence will be felt. So I'm, I'm, not, I'm not super concerned. If we find out it's something else and it needs more, uh, more work or more rest, then maybe we get a little concerned. But for right now, I'm not. Okay, Steve. Uh, love you boys and love the passion, <laughs> Steve. You were like one of the most passionate players I ever played with. So thank you for you know instilling that in Mike and I um, as well and having to be around that. I love that. Um, Mike, again, how funny was it with, uh, you know, Luplo's impression of Kimbrel? Like, shit. I, I don't love, like, I don't think there's humor in baseball for the most part. <laughs> like, when I played a game, I didn't want to talk to the opposing team, even if I was friends with them. But I guess once it's a blowout moment, like, I definitely thought that that was, like, one of the most funny things I've ever seen in the game. Like, you know, he's out there doing this, and then he gives up a bomb. Like, he, he pulled a Kimbrel, then he pulled a Nola. Clear, clearly, um, he's a fan, which I, I love to see that uh, when – 
when you when you show a little bit of uh, your personality uh, instead of it's all business, I I really like that. I thought it was hilarious. Yeah. Also, uh, also when um Luplo hit Sosa, Sosa was just like he gave him a thumbs up. And he's like, ah, oh, thanks. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. And, he, and he was flexing. Luplo was flexing. <laughs> out. Yeah. Yeah. Luplo. Yeah, and they were both laughing. I thought it was a good natured moment. It was funny. Yeah. Um, so Garrett's excuse came in. He's working. Uh, he's on his break now. Um, I, I'll give him pass. I'll give you a pass on this, Garrett. Just I this time, though. Tuning in on your break. Uh, <laughs> that is awesome. Um, Steve, publication uh, Brewing is awesome. He loves it, uh, and of course, always loves Von C. So Steve is another one who, like him and I, like I think we've been to I don't know how many it is. I, I'm embarrassed to say, but a lot, most in the Philadelphia, Bucks, Montgomery, Chester County area. Um, I, I don't go to Jersey much. Uh, I, I'm allowed there now, but I just don't go there much. Congratulations. Uh, I just want to get that out there. Um, Dan Ford, uh, you demand Chris Dugan. So It's a college uh, buddy of mine, Danny. Okay, cool. Um, Danny Ford was one of the craziest kids I ever met. Um, Halloween every year. Danny had this big bald head. If you remember the video game Bonk, remember the guy used to go around and bonk? That was yeah. his nickname in college. And then two straight Halloweens. The one year he went out as the Incredible Hulk, painted his entire body green, walked around up in Lehigh Valley in nothing but a pair of purple shorts, uh, freezing his ass off. And then the next year he was a Smurf, and he painted himself completely blue. <laughs> Uh, he, he, Danny is, is an all-time character. Nice. Yeah. Steve uh, is recommended the Athletic uh, NA beers uh, for anyone I had, I had that. Yep, has... I had that. Okay. Thanks, Steve. Cool. Um, so Dugan's wife, you know, after kind of Chris <laughs> let out the uh, drink, and she says he's still an asshole uh, when the police lose. That's not going to change, Christy. I'm sorry. Never, uh, never. You know, unfortunately, that's, she knew what you know, she was getting into twenty something years ago. She knew what she was yeah, getting into. It. We can't attribute that to anything except for the baseball and Phillies addiction. Um, <laughs> yeah. So uh, Dave brings up a point. Uh, Lionel Messi, maybe the greatest soccer player in our lifetime or ever, uh, is going to play for the first time in Philadelphia. Uh, so he's considered better than Pele, better than Ronaldo. Um, I have season tickets, so like they're playing this Tuesday, and my daughter, Avery, wants to go to the game. And I'm like, shit, I got like front row pretty sweet seats. And I'm like, fuck, I could probably sell these shits for like two grand each. So I'm like, I don't know what to do. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I guess get that, you know, take, get that you take your daughter for the garage. Get the air conditioning. Yeah, that's that, that's what I was thinking. There you, go. Like, <laughs> you know, it's uh, Avery. We can watch it in the garage, and then you know, like I'll just give her like fifty bucks for like Mister Softies for the rest of the summer. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I don't think she likes messy that much. I think ice cream's going to win out, but I, I am going to go Tuesday. Um, she go. wants to go, and it's something that's uh, special that we can share. That's cool uh, together. So I, I think that will cool be cool. Um, Steve, uh, like the best line of breakout in handcuffs with like, which is like, it's super funny, like, especially for, you know, Rob, like, I, 
you know, Rob, I don't, you know where I'm going. <laughs> the one time I got locked up on Main Street outside of the river deck back when they had the river deck. And um, yeah. I, the only reason I got locked up is because they were locking up my buddy Cube. And, uh, you know, I didn't want him to go to jail by himself. So I started yelling at the cops. <laughs> and uh, and so they, they're cuffing me up against the car. And he, he tries to, he puts one cuff here and he's trying to put the cuff around here. And it like, wouldn't fit. And I'm like, you asshole, what are you trying to do? You're trying to cuff my stuff. He's like, well, what am I supposed to do? I said, put it around the back belt loop. And he goes, oh, I see you've done this before. <laughs> <laughs> That's people helping people, Rob. That's good stuff. Come on, man. So, yeah, oh, yeah. And, and, uh, I break out in handcuffs line. That is not an original. That is definitely yeah. stolen. <laughs> so, Sig, you know, nailed it with the father-son field of dreams connection. It was always a way I connected with this old man who was an OG DPF. Uh, yeah, I think that's like a, you know, a special moment. Uh, Christy <laughs> apparently either has heard the song or like saw the lyrics. Uh, I, I didn't know it leaked yet. It must be on Napster uh, or a LimeWire. Napster. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> We're still working out the uh, details on it. Uh, and then Storm spent three days in the roundhouse after the Phillies Red Sox game 25 years well ago. Yeah, I mean, three days, like, shit, I don't know. Like, call us next time. I mean, don't call me because <laughs> I'm probably in the cell next to you. But, like, I can call Duke or someone. I don't know. Um, roundhouse ain't fun. <laughs> I thought the roundhouse was that stadium, but I think they're talking about a different one, right? Yeah, it's slightly. It's not a bouncy. <laughs> uh, so thanks to everyone for tuning in. Uh, I think we're going to be on uh, this week, Thursday, when the fills are off. Uh, if you didn't notice, like we're not going to do a podcast while the Phillies are on because we're all like very addicted to the game. And yes. what are you going to listen to or watch the game or us? And if you watch us, like uh, you're dumb. Over the fills, uh, we wouldn't do it. Uh, I'm not doing it. Uh, just don't do it. Don't listen to this. I mean, you can listen to us and mute the fucking T Mac and uh, Croc or Amaro. That's okay. Um, this will probably give you more enjoyment. Um, but you know, we really appreciate you tuning in. Uh, appreciate the kind words. Anyone has criticism, whether it's negative or constructive, uh, send it to. Our Facebook will like, you know, let the manager know. Um, we'll put it in the suggestion box. Uh, and, you know, the sign off. I also want to, and, and I've done this before, but I just kind of like it so much. Fuck you, Scott Rowland, uh, for not showing up to alumni weekend to get inducted on Sunday. What fucking better thing did you have to do? You're a fucking piece of shit. I don't even want you inducted. And like, I'm not going to say I'm going to do something to the Hall of Fame thing, but what someone's probably going to because we hate that dude's guts fuck him uh since we're going to toronto or or not fuck joe carter um and even though they suck and are just fucking wasting the money fuck the mets so thanks for tuning in and we'll catch you uh this thursday see you see everyone see you